happy to be here tonight. Not the God of Confused Animals? Confused Animals Ministries Worldwide International. Hallelujah. We have brought the confused animal to the altar to be burned in fire. Mm-hmm. May Can it be a pleasing aroma in your nostrils. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Amen. A confused, <laughs> paranoid, dim-eyed animal. As it is written, in Leviticus, thou shalt not do this thing in Israel, for it is confusion. Oh. King James Version. 
Anytime they get into weird lust, like uh, bestiality like or incest, Balaam. every single time it says in <laughs> Leviticus, Thou shalt not do this thing, for it is an abomination that causeth confusion. Incest? So one thing you know about abominations. They abominate. They causeth confusion. <laughs> abominations abominate. And confusion is bad. Making you abominable. And also, the spirit of incest, I learned this from Bobby Connor. From I think it was one of his let's videos learn or his about book. The spirit of incest yeah, let's. It, he said they have a fragrance. Take out your notes. And the Take out your notes. Right, okay, class. And I want you to write a paper incest. using your notes. Incest. Oh boy. I n c s. It smells. Leviticus topics tonight. Leviticus, Deuteronomus, Maximus. Midgets and incest. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that spirit of incest actually smells like kitty litter. Ooh, that's nasty. So, yeah. <laughs> Cancer uh, spirits smell like rotten cabbage. Ooh. Those are both accurate and verified things. Also, if someone is speaking and you think you feel anointing, Whoa. but it, the message, be a smeller prophet. It's really, uh, this is really good. When there's a lot of confusion, if you're not sure, people are like, oh, what this and that and the other. If you smell what's being taught, if it smells like piss... Then you know it's a bad sign. where right you probably should not be eating that if because it smells like open dookie. If it smells like open dookie open and piss, dookie <laughs> that's how I usually can tell because I'll tune people like oh man they'll post something or I'll you know like check it out and if it smells like piss or if it smells like open dookie as the apostle has stated <laughs> then I don't eat it. Right? Because what are you doing when you're watching all these other... If the sores be white, it is leprosy. <laughs> <And> they, <laughs> that is really good to roll, actually. <laughs> so... If the sores yeah. be red, it is simply a rash. Let them bathe for seven days and they can enter the camp again. When you're watching videos of the different ministries and messages, uh, if they smell like piss and they smell like open dookie... If they smell like it's time to poop, get into Moses at that point. you need to not eat it. Okay, you don't even have to tell a three-year-old. If it smells don't. like piss and dookie, don't eat it. Don't, don't put it in your it. mouth. Don't. <laughs> but when you listen to it, you're eating it. You're or feeding it your spirit. It is an abomination in Israel. Amen. That's really nice. That's some good Torah. I've been spending so much time in That's Moses. That's really good. Me up. That is holy Moses. That's good. Amen. I think Torah that's a good drunk. message. But you know what? I'm learning how to pronounce <laughs> Torah. I like Torah. Torah is cooler. Yeah, you know, Torah we were talking... Like, oh. Torah, you know, we were talking about like that this Torah. morning. Torah is like aerodynamic. Yeah. Sounds like a Lamborghini when you say it like that. Torah. Torah. Oh, wow. Yeah, we, we were talking about that this morning. <laughs> is it, wow. Shabba. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> it's a name. Anyway. Well, we're having fun in the glory. Yeah. Hallelujah. It's really nice. So, just to reiterate that for those of you who are just tuning in, uh, if it smells like dookie, don't eat it. If it smells like urine, do not eat it. If it's a, a message that you're watching from some charismatic or you think you found something good and helpful online to feed your brain, but it's dookie, don't eat it, which means don't hear the message and feed it into your spirit, your soul, your body. Okay? I just think like that about we learned in the Final Quest series, yeah. we don't let the demons... Mm -hmm urine or feces upon us. 
Right. Hey man, that's a huge lesson right. in life. It is. Now, sometimes... Don't let the demons crap on your head. Don't let the demons crap on your head. Ministries. That is actually a very important part of life. <laughs> if you are allowing demons to piss on you... There might be a problem. There's problem. Yeah, there's something's not right. Something's not right. Now, sometimes the feces, like let's say scorpion feces or animal feces, if you're in a wild battle a raging with a sword, you got full armor. feces. Oh, man, those are nasty. And you're cut. When you're cutting up innards of unclean animals in a raging battle, and you. You know what the Lord told me this week? I sliced open its bowels and its feces sprayed everywhere. It was so nasty. That one. He friends with you. It was, but. So, and it happens in war sometimes. So when I asked the Lord about that, you know what he said? That's the reason I gave you the hazmat suit. So you want to put on the full armor of God. Amen. They're checking the sores in Leviticus. If you read the Bible. What kind of color? If it's white? White or red sores. And if it touches the hair. If you're nasty or extra nasty, you got different prescriptions for you. <laughs> Burn it. <laughs> Isn't that the answer? <laughs> Personal hygiene's a big deal in scripture. It really is. No, we wash Ooh. our hands. We get Levitical about it, especially if you have to handle Dookie. We strain a camel and an act. <laughs> Amen. Glory. And then we can swallow the strong drink of Jesus. Yes. There shall be no camels or asses on the moon in Jesus' name. Oh, the book of God the seer? Okay, okay, okay. No asses and camels on the moon. Okay, okay. Well, who's in charge of this thing? Who let come the camels on the moon? <laughs> Out there somewhere, maybe he'll come if we kumbaya hard enough for enough days in a row. Oh, I forgot about you. In a frenzy, in a kumbaya. if we stir up a kumbaya frenzy of our emotions and defile ourselves with our impure Torah, mm -hmm. maybe we can get coverage live on CNN. Okay, okay. Maybe Tucker Carlson will have us on his new show. <laughs> Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. It's Amen. good. So how are you guys doing? I noticed a lot of you were praying today. Uh, we got some feedback from one of our inner, one of our um, top intercessors. Just so thankful. Because so many more people were praying after what we mentioned yesterday. So thank you to those of you who are picking up your Bibles, praying, praying the Psalms, praying you're for Arlen. You're praying or you're playing. Amen. Right. There was a couple of you who got, and got into some witchcraft prayers, but, you know, it's, you know, we're learning. So just kind of... If you try to strain out, like he said, the gnats and, and the camels if you're bewitched, of your own your opinions. Prayers are like sorcery. But That's true. Hallelujah. Well, you guys are trying. So <laughs> some of them are good. Some of them. That's if they were be not. leprous. Uh, do their prayers be white or red? <laughs> <laughs> and we are on day what of our toking challenge now? This uh, toking the ghost thirty day challenge is going through May. 14th so hope you're all doing great with that we have people praying you're picking up your bibles and the kingdom of heaven front lines is advancing so that's the kingdom of heaven might be at hand which kingdom oh, is yeah. at your hand oh, yeah. the, my hand the kingdom of heaven 
is that hand. That's why scripture says there shall be smoke and the blood of Jesus and the moon turned red. That's good. It's nice when the Lord wants to deny your brain the information and secret knowledge that it craves. Joy Lord is so strong tonight. I have a huge head this buzz. Great, I feel yeah. drunk. Yeah. Everything would have intermix. Was this Joel's bar or Joel's dry place? Glory. Make up for all those sober days <laughs> that you screwed up in religion and served demons. Time to get intoxicated on the Holy Ghost. How about this verse? Jeremiah 23 9. I am like a drunken man because of the Lord's Torah. Torah. Wait, that wait. That was good. Torah. Torah. You know, it's funny. We were both... We, okay, he was talking to me about that name, Torah. <laughs> well, you know, my my sister, there was... I was looking at through the scrolls. Now, it's kind of sad because they're not walking with the Holy Spirit. They've all, you know, rejected the baptism of the Holy Spirit and stuff like that. But there's still hope for them. I pray for them. But... Uh, I, I have a glory and, freedom and pretty much and everything that you can possibly reject from God other than baseline. And everything except for like potentially baseline salvation. <laughs> everything except religion. Literally. Anyway. Well, God of mercy. He's working. I'm not just talking about your family. It's, that's pretty much it. It's, it's, it's like a, a lot of people. It's a pandemic. Yeah, it's, it's the a, plague. It's the plague. <laughs> <laughs> the, religion, the plague of religion. But, you know, it was really precious, though. I, I, a while back, and I still have it, and I look over it sometimes, I have a scroll, and it's, you know, it's we're in 2023, so it's electronic, but I have the names of each of my family members with written, who they're, what, what is written on their original scrolls, who they're supposed to be, who they were supposed to be, and what they were supposed to become if they had followed the Holy Spirit, if they had gotten to you know, Christ it's a lot better them. than having them written on voodoo dolls. Yeah, people are trying to do voodoo hey, on our own. Rebecca, we're proud of you. Yeah. Well, Glory. But uh, yeah, I was looking at those, and this was what he told me, because you're talking about Torah. One of uh, my family members' names, it was Tori. Mm. And he and I saw it today for the first time. He said, "Well, it was prophesying that uh, you know your your family is uh, it was in the mystic realm of the Torah, Torah, the identity of the scroll. It was just I went in this whole crazy vision of it's like a flying scroll, and it was nuts. I kind of feel like I'm flying right now. Yeah, I'm surprised this head rush. Good. My head is spinning with this glory here tonight. Thank you, Jesus." Awesome, awesome, glorious whirlwind glory. Feels nice, open glory. heaven, yeah. Whirl Elijah's whirlwind, yeah. Let it just be imparted, everyone here and through the screen. Let it come right upon you and into you and raise you up into higher realms of glory. If you at home, mm. you want to feel the spin, the spinny, spinnies. Uh, if someone's really... I'm feeling the spinnies right now. The spinnies. I actually had someone, <laughs> they were watching one of my videos one time when I was doing it. And the it's it's your Merkaba spin. You're learning your so inner good. workings. If you want to activate it, you can just get drunk and you can rest in it. But if you want to kind of like actively do it, if you take all your thoughts and opinions and all your brain functioning, take your spinnies captive, and then and channel it, funnel it down into your spirit. 
<laughs> and just shoot it down in there. And then you do that, and you're, it'll start to spin. And that's a, if you want wow. Yeah. I feel Holy fire Spirit. breaking out now. Yeah. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Glory. <laughs> what have you guys been reading lately? The Jordan. Li the liberal newspaper. Jordan, what have you been reading? <laughs> He's high. He's <I'm> drunk. <laughs> A little bit of everything. How about you, Brian? What have you been reading? Genesis. That's good. What about you, Marilyn? John, yeah, that's good, John. And cats, what have y'all been reading? Oh, she came. Meow. She came. Yeah. Joel's bar. <laughs> the animal sacrifice. Animal sacrifice. <laughs> what about you, Brandon? What have you been reading? I'll tell you, today for me, the highlight was Enoch, chapter 50 through 52. Ooh. And I got up hungry for the book of Job. Started mm. going through Job. There's so many mysteries in Job, I feel like I barely tapped the surface. Mm. Anytime I get a greater glory and there's more light of God the Father, just need a deeper bending I'm like, straw. What can we do in this light to discover more <laughs> mysteries? And we're like, you know, and you kind of test it around. We'll go into Moses Ooh. or Paul or Peter or John or something and, and see whatever has the most whack on it. Yeah. And I enjoyed Job today, but Enoch really got me messed up been starting to uh, exercise mm. the demons on uh -huh. the treadmill in the gym, Hallelujah. getting back into workout. I used to walk three miles a day and then COVID hit and they shut down my gym. It was kind of like a two year break, mm. but I, I take my iPad down onto the treadmill and mirror the word for an hour as That's I'm on so the good. treadmill and I just get fried. <laughs> it's kind of nice, right? Because you don't have any work. You're not and nothing else to distract you. It's just like focus it, it right on focus. there. Wow. Yeah, it's really wonderful. You should try it. Highly encourage you to. We are not responsible. We are not liable for anyone who falls off the treadmill you getting might just drunk walk in the spirit. right up into heaven. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I know. Me and my girls, we do the stairmaster. <laughs> what like uh, Ephesians, Enoch? What? It, I like the. If you want to get really like feel like you're dying while you're reading, if you want to just feel like you're dying, uh, go. Um, we like to do on our YouTube channel, Red Letter Ministries. Feel like you're dying, ministry. The bloodbath. It's the bloodbath Ephesians. It's like 15 or 20 minutes. Millions. I forget. It's like it's literally called bloodbath. It's got a nice drum, uh, drum line music oh, to it. Bloodbath. Yeah, take it. Read force Ephesians bloodbath right into your eyes while on the Stairmaster without stopping. And you'll literally arrive at dead by the end of it. And your your legs will fall off. <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> <laughs> As a burnt sacrifice. <laughs> Old Testament style. <laughs> I like, uh, I, did, I did that the other day with, um, we have the book of Enoch on there. <laughs> Yeah, Service was, was so fiery, it ended up in a wheelchair. <laughs> no, it ended burned, up in a wheelchair. <laughs> bound my legs to the altar with cords, and now I don't have a lower body. Holy ghost. Oh, man. This is so nice. <laughs> I like... this. Is, see, this is one of the aspects of the Lord. I'm on my recovery day. <laughs> this is so precious. This is one of the aspects of the Lord that the spirit of religion cannot tolerate and cannot stand is the joy of the Lord. And the joy of the Lord is our what? 
weakness. Oh, hey! <laughs> yes, it's our Harris. I weakness. thought it was our fleekness. <laughs> Unfleek. <laughs> Unfleek Ministries. <laughs> the Holy Spirit is always on fleek. Glory. We're having fun now. Man, I feel high. Yeah. Oh, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> I can feel the, the glory, like thick molasses kind of creeping Fire. down from my head, down into my my heart, into my bowels. It like mm. went into my spiritual stomach. There's a real special anointing here tonight, I think, just to get you whacked. Yeah. Some people oh, just good. need... You get whacked. Some of you stuck in your head. Yeah. You need oh. to get into your heart and get free. I was praying today that you would lead us out of the head into the heart and into the spirit oh, you realm. Mean salvation. People. Yes. Okay. I felt like that was what the we Lord was saying. We need an evangelism out of our heads into our hearts after we're born again. Hallelujah. You know what I mean? You need to evangelize the Christians <laughs> because they get bewitched, don't they? They don't admit it, but it's the truth anyhow. So, getting high on the glory, getting free in revelation. You know, revelation, real revelation, will always increase freedom. Mm -hmm. God's food, the hidden manna, is for the hidden person of the heart. Same word, hidden, is the inner man. Why is it hidden? Because it's for the inner man. The food that's for the outer man is not hidden, which means it's not God's bread. So in order to eat hidden manna, first and foremost, you got to understand the feeding of your spirit. Mm. Most Christianity out there ain't for the feeding of the spirit. That's mm -hmm. why they're offended by all the things for the feeding of the spirit. It's but for somehow the feeding they, of the soul. but they are not, but they don't have any problem with eating dookie. Yeah, they actually think the dookie of the demon is Christianity. That's kind of why we got a Christian civil war. And if you think it's a new thing in this generation, it's not. It's Cain and Abel to this very moment. The seed of the evil one, every single time in the genealogies from Adam to present time, pretended to be the seed of righteousness. Mm -hmm. So Jesus Christ said, in the sower sowing seed, he first sowed his seed. Then the enemy mm -hmm. came and pretended to sow the seed of God, but it's the mm -hmm. seed of the evil one. It's a seed. It springs up. The undiscerning, honestly, most people have been in such a bad seed the bad seed they think of religion, uh -huh. they think it's Christianity. So what do we need? A baptism of fire. That gets a bad seed out. I've got a physical, something materialized. I had a, a friend over who plays the harp. Oh. And we talk about things of the glory as much as she can handle. And at the end of it, when she left, I noticed where she'd stood, there was a black seed that had left her on the ground. So I grabbed a tissue and I and threw it out. Planted it. Uh, you know, I didn't want to, I don't want to see what kind of, we probably bury thistles. And grew a demon. Grow a demon in the house. I'm not, I, <laughs> or maybe. Growing tares, ministers. Growing tares. Yeah, well. Bad religious seeds only, but you got all the favor of man and the Antichrist, and that's about what sells in Babylon right now. Yeah. Hallelujah. I was like, well, there's a seed came out. There it goes. That's good. Joseph Company. Set apart from his brothers, and I feel like that's the rhema word of God. It is. It is. The remnant of the remnant of the remnant of the remnant of the remnant. Oh. <laughs> it's like how deep inside Christianity 
do you go until it's Christ in the glory, in the inner man? Fully God inside minded, then fully God inside the spirit within you. So it's almost like the focus keeps getting clearer and clearer. Notice sin, and this is really interesting studying the Torah of Moses so much lately. Sin breeds confusion. So Babylon the Great, which means great confusion, comes from great sinning. I tell you the truth, the reversal of confusion can only happen by the focus on Jesus within the born-again spirit. You will never have clarity of mind. You'll never have the spirit of a sound mind until you're God-inside-minded, knowing Jesus in your hearts. Mm -hmm. Matthew 5, the pure in heart, see God. It is God inside your spirit that is the source of purity, and purity is the source of clarity. If you're confused, I don't know what to do, I have problems, help, help, help. Mm -hmm. Humble yourself, realize there's a significant amount of confusion in your soul because there's a significant amount of satanic sin in your soul. What you do is you go to the Lamb of God, Going to the Lamb of God is a marriage, then there's a supper, which means finding Him is not enough. You gotta eat His Word, you gotta obey His Word, you gotta do His will. There needs to be a response from the outer man to the yielding of Jesus inside the inner man. Always a transfiguration of behavior. You will look different on the outside. And it's not what people think. It's not that you look like a goody two-shoes Christian and all of this. It's not sickening. It's not like you're a whitewashed tomb. It's you're a whitewashed spirit. To be whitewashed within, out of your belly flows rivers of whitewashing. Nothing wrong with whitewashing. What was wrong with the Pharisees is they only had it on the outside. Dookie on the inside. <laughs> on the inside, they were an open sepulcher. So... To be a whitewashed on the inside, Jesus Christ said in the red letters of Revelation, they shall walk with me in white. Which means their inner man's going to be clean. And their soul will be clean. And their flesh, their body, will be clean. Because when the heart is clean, the heart cleanses everything. Now, clean and unclean, is not just the theme of the Old Testament. You be clean or unclean. If you're unclean, you got to do all this stuff. <clears throat> well, the Bible says that you be washed in the water of the Word, made clean, Jesus Christ read letters, by the words I have spoken over you. And my words are truth, and my words are life. And if you allow those words to wash you, which means you receive them, and they cleanse you, and they're imparted into you, and they become your spirit, and they become your soul, they become your thought life, they become your will, they become your mind, they become your emotions, then you will walk in the Word of God. Walking in the Word of God is how you get white garments. Walking in the Word of God is how you rise from the dead. The more you walk in the Word, the wiser you get. Wise. Wisdom builds. So what's the building of wisdom? The experience of the obedience of the fresh word from God today. 
you know, daily he, bread is daily building. I gotta tell you this. He told me to wear white today mm. because you're gonna talk about whitewashed versus walking in white and how one was the wise virgins and the other was the foolish, foolish virgins and that what you just said was wisdom. All right. Well. Wow. That's why I'm wearing white today because he said you were going to talk about that. Nailed it again. Nailed it. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> he always knows what he's doing because he's always doing it. It feels good to be used <laughs> by the does. Holy Ghost. We worship nice. you, Holy Ghost. Thank you for indwelling in these bodies by the blood of Jesus. Mm. Using these temples for the Holy Ghost is the best thing in life. Isn't that nice? Amen. I love the little <laughs> things like that. It's the little everyday things. You know, the big things are wonderful too, but... <laughs> That's what makes this life so enriched, is the rich, the riches of His glory. In Christ, within your spirit, oh, I feel fire. Those little things that he, he teaches and shows you, and you get to participate in His prophetics. You know, we have so many people in the community, they'll walk in on certain days, like wearing a certain color, or a word, or, or you know, there'll be these powerful moments of just the smallest little thing that, that is done. And it enriches the atmosphere of glory. And it's just, there's so many little things throughout your day. And not to be like in a paranoid, confused, well, what do I do, what do I do? But that flowing in the Holy Ghost, and He's speaking to you about all those things in your path. And it, it, what it does is it creates that atmosphere of the prophetic and the atmosphere of glory. And what's important about the cleansing of the prophetic realms and our spheres. So let's say you're on the moon and you need to get onto Hod and Netza. Those are called the, um, the legs of prophecy. And so when you want to get onto those spheres, Hod is so important. That is actually, it represents the Kavad of God. And it's a side that needs uh, strengthened in the body right now. But another thing he was talking about today was Samuel. The severity of Samuel's prophetics was his whole life's destiny and purpose to get back what Isaac lost to Samael, who was the, you know, the evil um, satanic prince or lord of Esau, his brother. Mm. And that's why, you know, he had that, the, there was all kinds of stuff like that. Anyway. We're not going to go into the depth of the mysteries of that, but it was the severe prophet. Yeah, it was the uh, uh, Jacob. Jacob. I'm sorry, Jacob. Jacob, Jacob, and Esau. Jacob and Esau. Yeah, what he got from what Isaac. Esau gave got in some really him. dark stuff, y'all. Yeah. He got into some serious sorcery, and uh, Jasher and Jubilees and other ancient Jewish writings really talk about the abominations of Esau and unfold those mysteries, and it's uh, pretty dark. Yeah. He made the devil his father. He really did. So what um, Jacob was the one who was supposed to get the blessing, right? I think it's when in Jasher you can go in and check it out. Rebecca's wisdom on understanding who was supposed to get it because it was the clarity of her vision and her righteousness. If you see the eyes of Isaac in his older age were failing him, he didn't have the same clarity of sight he did when he was younger. And that was natural, but if your sight is, if you know how things work above and below, if things are not perfect in your sight, in your physical body, it's only because there's an overflow of the lack of sight in the invisible realm. 
And so as the spirit gets healed in sight, I feel fire come on my face right now. It heals your eyes. And so the protection there and the fire there, the restoration of eyesight. But it's that blessing of Abraham, the blessing of Isaac. Rebecca knew and understood she could see that it was supposed to go to Jacob because he he was walking in that way, whereas his brother was not. So, you know, people will say, oh, Jacob, the supplanter, he took it, blah, 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 he was crafty. That's actually a credit to him and to his mother for being crafty, for being shrewd, wise as a serpent, yet he was still innocent as a dove in it because he was carrying out the righteous plan of the Lord. So, it was supposed to go to him. As we can see, the fruit of which seed line they were actually of played out. As Brandon said, Esau got into some really dark stuff. And it's not Jacob's fault. That was his that was his choice. He decided to go that way. That's the seed line that he was of. Jacob was the one who would carry on that. The older mm-hmm. shall serve the younger, it is written. Yeah. And what does that mean? The old man serves the new man, which means the Adamic serves the Christian, the Christ nature. The Adam nature serves the Christ nature. We have not yet had that shift in civilization because we haven't had the Christ nature brought into full maturity. When that happens, then all the old shall serve the young or the Mm -hmm. new. Yeah, and if you want to also just destroy some, you know, bad interpretation and false Christian teaching while we're at it, um, that Jacob wrestling, they was like, oh, Jacob wrestled with God, wrestled with God. It doesn't actually say God, it says Elohim. And if you study the Jewish uh, oral and written history, they talk about uh, he actually wrestled with Samael. And if you look at the sapphire stones and the shells, that part of the hip of the thigh where he was touched and it got out of joint is the exact same sapphire stone, like the false sapphire stone around the true one, that tries to block the flow of Samael in the um, the other side, the dark sapphire stones. So yeah, he wrestled with Samael, and that is that disjointedness. They were on their way to go confront Esau. Now Jacob had the blessing of Abraham and Isaac. So angels, if you go in and watch uh, Yetzirah, or Jasher, in that book, the angels came to help Jacob. Why? Because he received the blessing of Abraham and Isaac. And what is that? The sapphire stones, the sephirot. That's the blessing. That's the promised seed line. That is part of the mystery of faith. The sapphire stones, or the sephirot, that is the realm of faith where angels ascend and descend, and they came to his help. They made it out in the end, but uh, there was something disjointed there. And part of Samuel, the seer prophet, his destiny and his calling, he is literally like the antithesis to Samael. Like, if you want to do an in-depth study on how you can... Their names are so similar. Yeah. if you On how you can take down Samael or weaken that part of the enemy. It's that same place where Jacob was touched in his hip and his thigh. 
Samuel walked in the strength and the, of severity of prophecy in that leg of prophecy. And if you looked at our cosmic prophets teaching from another Joel's bar, you'll see that they called him, he was one of the prophet seers that was called a father. That wasn't given to every, every teacher, every seer, every prophet, but he walked in a certain strength, anointing, and authority. And it was the severity of his prophecy. He wasn't afraid of those severe things of God. So that for you, if you are trying to go from the moon and you're trying to go up, focus on Hod, that's the Kavod, and uh, study Samuel, his life and his severity of prophecy. And just take that in and let those judgments pass through you and head on up to the next year. It's a rich study going through First and Second Samuel. Did that this last week, and uh, nice. you know, really every part of the Bible is just, <laughs> just like literally freaking amazing. It's so good. When you're in the spirit, it's all just like meat, mm. strong food, and energy for your spirit man to get very, very built up, like delicious tacos, edified, amen. <laughs> Like chips and guacamole. <sighs> yeah. Mm. Well, I want to read to you today the thing that blasted me the hardest. Oh, yes. In this fresh glory. All right. It was new today. Read this many times, and it's like God was breathing on it, and He's like, This is exactly what I'm doing right, right now. now. It's Enoch chapter 50. And in those days, there will be a change for the holy and chosen. And the light of the days will dwell over them. And the glory and honor will be turned over to the holy. And on the day of trouble, or great tribulation, evil will gather over the sinners, but the just or righteous will overcome Blessed are the overcomers. Through the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yep. The name of the Lord of Spirits. And he will show it to the others. That they may repent. And cease the works of their hands. Idolatry. And they will have no honor before the Lord Jesus Christ of Spirits. But in his name they will be saved. And the Lord of Spirits will have mercy on them, for His mercy is great, and He is just in His judgment, and before His glory, and injustice will not stand in His judgment. Whosoever will not repent shall be destroyed. Henceforth I will not have mercy on them, says the Lord of the Spirits. And in those days the earth will return that entrusted to it. And Sheol, hell, will return that entrusted to it, which it has received. And hell will return what it owes. And he will choose the just, righteous, and holy from among them, for the day has come that they are saved. And the chosen one in those days will sit upon his throne and all the secrets of wisdom and righteousness will proceed from the thoughts of his mouth 
For the Lord Jesus Christ of the spirits has given it to him and has honored him. And in those days the mountains will skip like rams, and the hills spring like lambs, satisfied with milk. Mountains and hills symbolize government and rulership. So it's new government, new rulership. Spring, like lambs satisfied with milk. It's a milk and honey, promised land, government, reality. Basically, the cries of Americans' hearts. And they will all be angels in heaven. Enoch 52, 4. And they will all be angels in heaven. Their faces will shine in gladness because the chosen one has arisen in those days. And the earth will rejoice. And the just and righteous will live on earth. And the chosen will walk and move on earth. And I see Matthew 5 right now as I'm reading this to you. The meek shall inherit the earth. And this is how it happens. Enoch 52. After those days at that place where I had seen all the visions of that which is hidden, for I was taken up by the whirling of the wind. And that's there it what is. I encountered for the first 20 minutes of starting Joel's bar tonight. It was like a whirlwind of holy wind carried toward the west and there my eyes saw the secrets of heaven all things that will be on the earth a mountain of iron a mountain of copper a mountain of silver a mountain of gold and a mountain of soft metal and a mountain of lead and I asked the angel who went with me saying what are those things which I have seen in secret and he said to me all these things which thou hast seen are for the power of his anointed, that he may command and be powerful on the earth. Then this angel of peace answered and said to me, Wait a little, and thou wilt see, and there will be revealed to thee every secret of the Lord of Spirits that he has planted. These mountains, which thou hast seen, the mountain of iron, the mountain of copper, the mountain of silver, the mountain of gold, the mountain of soft metal, the mountain of lead, all these will be before the chosen one like wax. That's Isaiah chapter 2. The mountain of the Lord rises as chief of all those seven mountains that melt like wax in the presence of the fire of God, in the presence of the baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire. And like the water that falls down from above on these mountains, and will be weak before his feet. And it will come to pass in those days that no one will save himself. What does that mean? No more religion! No one will save himself. Not with gold, not with silver. No one will be able to save himself or flee. And there will be no iron for war. And no clothing for a breastplate. Metal will not aid and zinc will not aid and will not be beaten out and lead will not be desired. And all these things will disappear and be destroyed from the face of the earth. When the chosen one shall appear before the face of the Lord of Spirits. It's the manifestation of the sons of God making world peace. Wow, I saw a vision of that, and literally as you were reading that, the removal of the false sephirot completely 
from the cosmos, that gold and silver, that judgment and mercy, their false false judgment and mercies, their false breastplate. It's literally going to be removed by the sons of God. Because when I saw the inheritances of the sons of God, well, you know that thing worth fighting for? The Spirit showed me. There was absolutely, at that, you know, the parade at the end of it, there was absolutely no darkness in the heavens. It was what was possible to create in this cosmos without those dark sapphires, the false sephirot. And it was interesting, I was looking at Samuel, him being the one that has a key, one of the keys to taking out the false sapphire stones. The severity of Hod, the severity of his prophecy, and you've said this for a long time, we've always walked in a lot of internal Shekinah, but that need for that external, that Kavod increase, right? The Kavod mm-hmm. increase uh, to happen, and I believe that's part of it. Well, what's interesting, what was the first prophecy that Samuel gave? It was the condemnation, the severity of the condemnation of the, ho- the house of the priest Eli. And his final prophecy was the severity of the condemnation of King Saul. So it was literally the first and the last of what Samuel did as a prophet was to condemn the false priesthood and the false kingship. And so we're looking at the legs of prophecy and the severity of Samuel versus Samael to destroy their priesthood and their kingship. Because, I mean, look at the wicked ruling elite right now who serve fallen angels. It's not the chosen of God. They are not the chosen kingship of the world. They are not the chosen priesthood. Sorcerers are completely angelic, but they're all fallen angelic. And that's really what you're up against. And the issue is, is the covenant people are not as angelic as the wicked. And that's why you don't have the control and rulership of the banks, the economy, businesses, or nations, or government, or militaries. But when you do, when you mature in the angelic, this is your inheritance. Ask, and I will give you the nations as your inheritance. We ask, but then God demands maturity. Maturity is not something you can do as it's written. You cannot save yourself, and no man shall save himself. It's a relationship of a yielding to a master, which means Lord. You call me Lord, but you don't do anything I say. It is written. Jesus was dealing with religion in a people that had him in their head, but wasn't willing to submit to him in their heart. So when you hear, you obey. But if you can't hear and your ears are stopped up with vipers, as it is written, you have to deal with the vipers, which are strongholds in your brain that keep you from hearing God clearly. That's why it's written, the Spirit and the Bride say, Come, all who have ears to hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Problem is, no one can come. And where are they coming? To the celestial marriage supper of the Lamb that's in the heavenlies. Mm -hmm. But you can only get there if you have ears to hear, which means Mm -hmm. all the lies are torn down from your heads. Right now, you are dealing with a Christian church that is completely filled with strongholds because of the teachings of charismatic bewitchment. True, Zinnia. And they don't want to go on the sapphire stones. They don't want to conquer 
the seven, you know, the second heavens. Most people respond to the Spirit saying, uh, hear what the Spirit says to the churches negatively. The majority of the people that respond to me and what our message is this season in a greater maturity is negative. Yeah. And they, they come with correction and they, they basically call righteousness the occult. You have a Christian church in the earthly right now that is so sick and demented, and that's accurate, mm -hmm. that they call the higher, more mature things of great wisdom and righteousness like Enoch, they call it literally the occult. Mm -hmm. And that's because they're like <laughs> Balaam's donkey. They're totally just getting, you know, raped. And yet they go to church, raise their hands, and sing Kumbaya in churches. Mm-hmm. I tell you what, we need a paradigm shift in what Christianity is because it's not that. What they call Christianity, God calls bewitchment. God calls it witchcraft. Yep. We have a standard in the earth right now of witchcraft in the guise of Christianity, mm -hmm. which is why a lot of people unknowingly are submitted to the Antichrist. So when mm -hmm. the real Christ comes along and those fully God inside minded, they call it the devil. And I'd still, you guys, I still deal with that every single day of ministry. And it's just a small remnant. Usually they get it out of their system. Nearly all of them at one point called it the devil themselves and was skeptical, pessimistic, mm -hmm. and negative towards it mm -hmm. and extremely religious or rebellious. But in wrestling with God, because you will wrestle the Holy Spirit and lose, the Holy Spirit can deal with your issues and your strongholds. As long as you keep wrestling with the stuff of God, He'll pin you in whole areas of your soul, and that's how the strongholds come down. At least you're willing to bring it into the light and deal with stuff and be teachable. See, if you're a child, and it's not like any of us come as good children. The Bible says they all come like sinners, like prodigals. Everyone comes as either younger or older prodigals in the flesh to learn the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. So you're all coming as prodigals. Every single believer comes as a prodigal. The issue is, are they still children that can hear the teachings of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit while they're in the state of being a prodigal? Now there's room to learn things that are higher than you. But if you ever come to a place where you're not teachable, you can no longer be fathered by God. Because the whole point of being a son or a child of God is that you have a father, which means you're teachable. Most people are only teachable in the bewitchment, which means a soulish, carnal Christianity. They are so used to a certain diet of teaching in their brain that when something foreign for their, from their spirit comes around, because they've never built up their spirit, mm -hmm. they're so demonized that they begin attacking it. Mm -hmm. And if we're honest with ourselves, that's where the majority and the vast majority of Christians in America are right now. Yeah. Which means we need en masse repentance into a much higher teaching than we've ever had before. And we're going to learn. Mm -hmm. We're going to learn the hard way. And God's going to deal with this people out of love and sternness. And it's not just going to be a punishment and just kill everyone and he's angry at you. It's not going to be about that. It's going to be the rock solidness of who God is and 
the clay that we are, and clay will be shattered like pots, it is written, by the scepter of the Father's righteousness, which means a scepter shall be your teacher. The scepter is unchangeable, the scepter is unmovable, the scepter does not bargain with you or compromise with you or water down its words because of your belief systems, which means you can never win against God. The issue is you come into a place of at least wrestling with God. Mm-hmm. I and, like what you said about And whether David. it's God or Samael, the mm-hmm. issue is that you get pinned and lose and then build an altar in that place that my name has changed from Jacob to Israel. Amen. <laughs> a name change always symbolizes purification. There's a change in character. I really like what you said the other day about King David, how when even if he had a loss, whether he had a win or a loss, he always grew from it. I thought that was so powerful. Growing from your mistakes. Well, wisdom mm-hmm. kills her beasts. So something died in order to get wiser, it is written. Which means unless there's a loss, you can't even grow as a spirit being. Something had to die in order to grow. Which means parts of your soul are always deteriorating for your spirit to be built up. The transfiguration, if you study caterpillars to butterflies, is the total deterioration of the entity, which this represents your entire human existence as a being. That's why so few go that far, because it deteriorates your existence and your consciousness. You have to be very bold, it is written, to inherit the promised land. We're bold in the realm of the natural through five physical senses. The Bible calls that unbelief. So we have tons of unbelief because of the training of our brain to rule over our soul and our spirit. The training in righteousness is the training of the spirit to rule the soul and the body and the senses and the natural realm. We have very little of that. That's what we need more of. Yeah. More of God, less animal. And this is how you can kind of gauge. A really great way to gauge how much of that you have is try putting on the Bible on the TV and see how long you can watch it without your animal jerking you over to your phone to you know or like oh i got to you know just to see wait for it see how long it takes for it to manifest how bad is your adhd that's the measurement of your animal that's how carnal you are yes oh jesus oh, yeah. oh no we need the holy ghost riddlin yes hyper focus <laughs> now i encourage you if you resist, right, resist the impulse of the animal nature, which is res- also resisting the devil, resisting his nature. If you want to just dive in and cut up the animal, and you set aside that time, you're like, all right, we're going to drill that word into the eyes. And even if you feel like you're dying, even if you feel like, oh, what about, oh, <laughs> well, this is the time I set aside to kill this animal right into the eyes. Because what's your motivation? To grow in the Lord, to grow your spirit. That is the secret to being able to eat a lot of word. I'll tell you this, I'll tell you the secret. It's your motivation. If you go, if you approach God with a double heart, there's a lot of warning about that in the scripture. Like, let's say, oh, I want to be like so and so. I got to try and catch up with them. Well, what are they, you know? If you're coming at a competition, strife, envy, and that's your motivation to read more of the word, that's when you have the ups and the downs and the craziness, and it's just, it's a mess. You're a mess. It just, 
check your heart motivation. Why are you reading that word? What's your motivation? If you're single in heart, single for in the, the eye. For the praises of men. For the praises of men. So I can to look good. Seen. To have, to be seen by others. Well, then that's your reward. But if you purify your motivations, there's no limit to how much you can feast. There's no limit to how much you can force feed your own animal to cause it to die. Like, all right, I'm bringing my animal to the altar to die today. Great. That's one of the best motivations you can have. And you, sit to, you can literally sit there and take the time. All right, this is my free time I have scheduled. This is my day off or this is my me time. That's a great time to do it. My me time. All right, time to die. Me time. <laughs> and you put on the word of God. There is nothing better than it. You put that hand on your spirit and you force it. You force feed without caring how it feels my connection with my Abba, Daddy, God, Father. Give me smooches, Daddy, God. <laughs> with zero cares. Right there are zero fucks growing in the garden of righteousness. Zero. How many? How many are growing in the garden? Zero. Oh, my feelings, my stuff. You sit there and you can bring that animal to die. If your motivation is competition, envy, and strife, it's not going to work out for you. If your, if your motivation is to protect others, to grow your spirit, all right, I'm bulking this season. Got to fight, going to the front lines. Come on, bulking up. It'll go great for you. If you're bringing your animal to die, I want to I sanctify my eyes today. Bring your animal. Look, here you go. She came right up. Good job. And it'll go well for you. And so you can literally, like, well, what about if I feel this? Who cares? I'll, for, I'll sit there. This is how I did it. I put my hand on my spirit. And this is even, you know, a couple, several years ago uh, when I first got into RLM. Put that hand on my belly. I'm going to build my spirit. They said, this is how you do it. This is how you're going to, I'm going to do it. This is what works. Okay, we're going to do it. And for that first 15 minutes, you just say, I'm not going to care what I feel, what my brain, oh, I got to pay this bill. Oh, I got to remember to do this. I got to check my phone. I'm going to ignore all of it. I'll just bring like a water with me. So then when it says, I'm thirsty, you can just be like, here's some water. You shut up. You know, <laughs> just water it. Water the animal. It's fine. Bring water with you. It'll give it less excuses. And like, nope, we're not doing anything. You're, this is what you're doing. And put the phone far away from you. See, it's out of grabbing distance. And then you just force your eyes onto the words. Oh, but what about how I feel? And if it, I don't care if you feel like you're going insane. Let that thing die. 15 minutes into it, 20 minutes, bam, breakthrough. You just pop through a whole nother membrane. Now, I know some of you, you're like, obviously, duh, has, haven't you guys ever read the Bible for more than 15 minutes? Some people don't know this. Some people, they're still thinking it matters how I feel when I turn on the Word of God, when I read the Bible. It doesn't you're matter. You're the burnt offering. Just burn there and die there like a good dead animal <laughs> and let the spirit rise because it literally doesn't matter. People will say... Oh, but what about this? And I feel this. And what if I can't stop? So what? You actually have the power because God gave you will. 
you can exercise that little weak muscle. As that stuff manifests. That little weak-wheeled muscle. That's it coming to the surface to burn yeah. in the fire of the world. So burn it. Don't be like, oh, well, I can't do this right now because I'm not feeling in my spirit. Just shut up and die. If you can focus through it, you can burn up a lot of animals. Yeah, just do it. And it's just like, well, what I need... Make sure you're taking time to have fun. Make sure you're taking time to take care of yourself. It's good to get addicted to the fire of God. Yeah, I'm just telling you what, some of you might just need to hear this. Just get through that first 15, 20 minutes and you'll break through. And it'll be like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. That's how people do those really long sessions of the word of God because they know, they know the secret. You push past that membrane of I'm bored. I need to check my phone. I don't feel anything or I feel horrible. You push through that and it's, oh, just amazing. The wine, the oil, the presence of God, the word coming alive, revelation popping everywhere like popcorn. It's good. You'll have fun. It'll be great. It's interesting that if you study light and the word of God in the New Testament, it's the same thing. In order to have light, which is Shekinah or glory, it requires the word. And so this is how we know what deception demons, religion, everything else is. It's a light separated from the truth of the Bible. So that's what the war is and the struggle within your members. It is the light of the Word of God versus everything else that needs to burn. I've come to bring fire. What Ooh. came to bring fire? What came to bring fire? The Word, word. came. Torah. I have come to bring fire. Oh, how I wish it was already kindled which means the word brings the fire of light, Shekinah. The fire is the Shekinah. It's only in the word of God. James 1.16, So my very dear friends, don't get thrown off course. Every desirable and beneficial gift comes down from God in heaven. The gifts are rivers of light. The gifts are rivers of light mm. cascading down from the Father of light, there is nothing deceitful in God, nothing two-faced, nothing fickle. Mm. He brought us to life using the true word. Ooh. That's the message. Showing us off as the crown of all his creatures, the light and the word and the father. And this is what comes down, the light of the word. Same thing as the Song of Moses. Overcomers, Revelation 15, they're singing the Song of Moses. What's the Song of Moses? The word and the light. Coming down. What is the New Jerusalem promised land of the New Testament? Coming down is a scroll. The light and the word coming down. How does light and word come down overflowing from your cup of your body? You receive the word as seed in your spirit and bore its fruit until light and word comes down. That's your manifestation of sons of God. Second Peter 1.19. Notice it says, You have no light until you have the prophetic word. So we have Woo! the prophetic word made more certain. You'll do well to pay close attention to it as to a lamp. Mm. The word is the light, the lamp shining in a dark place, which means there's no discernment between darkness and light unless you're involved in prophetic ministry. Mm -hmm. Well, I just saw that the darkness of the mind, there's no light that can illuminate the mind other than the lamp of Torah, which is the new covenant, which is the spirit of Jesus, the spirit of pro the testimony of Jesus, the spirit of prophecy. Until the day dawns and light breaks through the gloom. 
So Ooh. light will break through the gloom. How? Mm. The prophetic word. So what's the difference between the word and the prophetic word? All word needs to be prophetic word. That's the living word. Prophetic just means living. If it's in the human being, 100% of the time, if it's in the animal, it's dead. Mm -hmm. And it's religion. Oh, if it's religion. prophetic, that means it's mixed in the spirit and it's living. You can only build up the human spirit, resurrect and go from glory to glory in the human spirit through prophecy. If you are not prophetic, you can never come alive and you can never be brighter. All the training I've had in righteousness, in the glory of God, was the training in the prophetic and it's the same for everyone. Growing in the living word, growing in prophecy, so you can make dawn and break through the gloom and the morning star shall rise in your heart. 2 Peter 1.19, 1 John 1.5 this is the life-giving message we heard him share, and it's still ringing in our ears. We now repeat his words to you, words to you, God is pure light. We repeat his words, then what? God's light. Bam! Same sentence. Words, God's light. What is ministry? God's words and God's light. Simple as that. Until light has completely consumed all the darkness. <laughs> Amen? Amen. Why? Because in God's word and God's light, there's no darkness at all. We look around our city and nation filled with darkness. Only one reason why. Only one reason why. Because we don't have the living word and we're full of religion, which is the word in the animal. It's not prophetic and it's not light. It's not castating rivers of light like we just read in James. It's our own personal light of our own interpretation of the Bible, which is gross darkness on the people. Gross darkness on the people. It's written to Israel. What is the gross darkness? There's darkness on the land, deep darkness on the people. It's the deep darkness on the people that causes there to be darkness on the land. That's why it's so Gross shallow. darkness is the things of God in the animal. Unburnt, unsacrificed, the human being remains, and the spirit being is dormant, sleeping. Mm. So it is written, Awake, O sleeper, yeah, rise from the dead, and Christ will week. shine on you. He said a lot of people uh, that were around our peripherals, that were just kind of around but not really dedicated, were going to sleep. Their spirits were falling asleep, sleeping in the dust, going back to sleep. And uh, yeah, so it's a time to wake up. Arise and shine, for and your light has come. with fresh prophecy. And that also that darkness that you were talking about, the darkness on the people. I was going to the vision of that. He was talking about that today. That's why Christianity today is so shallow. It's so shallow. And when you look at the depth of the living Torah of God, the living word, and the depth, and the, it's the mystic interpretation, and, and just the realities, the invisible realities, and how it's, it's so solid, rock solid in the natural visible realm in the invisible realm it, it's so deep and it's so mystical and it's in sapphire stones and it expands and christianity is like sheep like little it, it's so shallow because it's their own interpretation using that greek mindset of, of the brain and some of the heart's ability 
So brain at worst, ignorance, hard-headed, and witchcraft at best, or at worst, whichever one, you know. So that shallowness is coming through Christianity now because they don't have that deeper well. What did we do a study on and see what the deeper wells were? That Hakma and Bina, which are the spirits of God, the, whole, the Holy Spirit, the spirit of Hakma, the spirit of Bina. Wisdom Those, and understanding. Wisdom and understanding, because there's no deeper wells of wisdom Cosmic and understanding. Menorah. That's why it's so shallow and so fickle, and why most of the interpretation of the Bible is wrong. Or shallow at best, witchcraft at worst. A lot days. of it's just straight up demonic. Yeah, like the demonic interpretation. And you'll notice, if you study the Hebrew and the Hebrew tradition, <laughs> even the most minute changes in spelling, or the way they mark something, like, oh, it should read like this. But the authors wrote it like this, and it has a rich, deep meaning. And that just has com been completely missed. Hebrew, that ancient Hebrew, yeah. is the most mystical yeah. thing ever scribed in the history of the world it is there is no religion in that original hebrew mm -hmm. it is mysticism in an endless direction of shekinah yeah it's true uh, yeah and it, that's why it's so deep that's why when you get into Rich. the english yeah. you cannot exaggerate the mysticism and mm -hmm. spirituality behind the word of god it's mm -hmm. endless and you can also see where most translations get a lot of key things wrong. So that's why it's important. Like with, with Bobby Connor, we shared a video recently on Facebook. He was totally exposing false love in the scriptures. And that verse where it says, you know, we've heard of your, your love in the Holy Ghost. And he said, well, that's weak. But here, if you look in the actual Greek, this is what it means. It means you're burning zealous love for the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Yeah. And it's just like, bam, it's like fire. So when a lot of people's arguments about why not choosing Christianity, you've heard him say, oh, well, the, it's mistranslated. And people always get defensive about that. In a way, yeah, a lot of it is mistranslated. You're still going to be led if, but here's the thing, that has never stopped the sons of God. Why? Because when you read it in the Holy Ghost, he fills in the blanks for you, increasing and increasing until you have seven layers of the seven pillars of wisdom's palace being built within you. And those seven pillars are the seven books of Torah, which is the life of Jesus Christ. There are seven, not five. And one thing I've noticed is when you grow in the light, what builds you up into higher elevations of glory is a more mystical, accurate, God the Father level understanding of scripture. Mm -hmm. What keeps you dead in the earth and animal flesh is your shallowness of interpretation of scripture and what you think is sound doctrine, but those thoughts have never even passed through the mind of God. Because God is on. not an animal. Oh, that's good. He's the father of angels, father of light spirits. Mm -hmm. Same word as angels. Which means you can't even comprehend the father's interpretation of scripture unless you begin to taste the father's nature in your inner man, in your mm -hmm. spirit, in the new creature. The new creature begins to taste of what his father's like. Then he can apply that in the reading of the word. But if you're not God inside minded, it's witchcraft 100% of the time. And that's why I got all these people out here that are completely nuts in religion. And madness. It's madness, guys. It's not the peace of God through the renewed mind and the sacrificed brain for the building up of the spirit. It's mm -hmm. carnality. It's spiritual carnality mm -hmm. is what Jezebel is. 
Jezebel is a spirit of carnal Christianity, which means it's totally charismatic, kumbaya, but mm-hmm. it's still in the brain and in the self-nature and nothing sacrifice in the consciousness of self remains, which means there's no God even involved in your Christianity. What do we call it? Christianity. It's not Christianity. Until the self is dying as an animal and the spirit is built up by Christ in you, we're not even in the correct God. Mm-hmm. The truth is most Christianity out here isn't even the God of the Bible. It's demons. Demons, if you study scripture, are only interested in corrupting truth. That's why all of hell is around the Bible and around Christianity and the New Covenant and the things of God. That's the where the majority of hell is. And hell has been successful, if you read Revelation, to get itself and corrupt the whole Christian system. We say, oh, not me. Well, Jesus Christ said, the charismatic glory people of signs and wonders were going to hell. You know, he said that? He says, even though you seek after the glory, you do signs, wonders, miracles, healings, you speak in tongues, you got all the giftings in operation, words of knowledge, hey, you're accurate. But if you don't know me, you're still going with Satan and his angels to the lake of fire for weeping. What does he say? Take that wicked person, throw them into weeping and gnashing of teeth for how long? He tells you forever. Which means charismatic Christians can easily go to hell according to the red letters of Jesus Christ and the Gospels. Which means until we prioritize our spirit man in the Gospel, we're not even in real Christianity. I tell you the truth, mm-hmm. most of the stuff out here, you can tell people come in and it's all in their head. They have a charismaticness in their heads. What is that? That's the false prophet. That's the evidence that you are in the very last times of the end times. And the only answer is knowing him. Hebrew word yada, which means an intimate knowing in the spirit. And the part of you that bears God's image, for God is spirit. Those that worship him have to be in their own spirit. Mm. Which means there's a softening of your spirit. There's a yielding of your spirit. And your spirit man will lead your heart. And all the wickedness in your dark hearts. And all the wickedness in your black minds. And it will lead them to God, which is repentance. Return to God means repent. How? You have to be God inside minded. The commandment of this great awakening is repentance. The whole message of making straight the way of the Lord in the second coming will be repentance. But it's not going to look like anything this Pentecostal church is saying is repentance. It's not going to look like anything Bethel church, God bless them, is saying repentance. It's just not. It's going to look like a repentance to God inside mindedness and a glorification of the temple. And the latter glory shall be greater than the former, which Mm. means the God-inside-minded glory will be greater than all the charismatic external glory. So good. That is the truth. Anyhow, in Psalms it says, you yada him where? In the palaces. You yada him in the palaces, in the interior castles. So if they're knowing, supposed knowing or intimacy with God doesn't involve the interior castle journey, that means they're having intimacy with demons 100% of the time. And it's the same thing, what Brandon's describing, it's the same thing that Jesus condemned the Pharisees for, for doing. They're God outside minded, bewitched, 
They were charismatic Pharisees. But what did he say to them? You know what? Listen to this. When they came to Jesus and they asked him, In the resurrection, whose wife will she be? For all seven were married to her. Why were they asking him? They weren't asking him because they wanted to, you know, they were testing him. They were trying to take their, you know, philosophical, mystical, supposedly, oral tradition of Moses. And the reason why he told them off and was because he knew their hearts, he knew what they were asking. They had taken what was passed down as an oral tradition from Moses and the supposed mysteries and secrets and their, you know, their studies at school that you might find like, you know, Gamaliel and all that, you know. They thought they had the mysteries of Moses, right? Because they're the Pharisees. They're, the, you know, the teachers of the law. They they get to know the secrets. Not really. That's why, you know, they were testing Jesus to see which husband he'd say the wife would go to. Because if he was like them, he would have said in the world to come, she would be joined to her first husband. That's the correct answer that the, the scribes and the Pharisees were trying to test him with to measure how much Torah he knew. They were talking to the word of God made flesh, which is that's completely dumb what they were doing anyway, testing the word himself by using a dead letter that they didn't even understand. His interpretation, 100% of the time, contradicted everyone who spent thousands of years studying the Bible. Right, and, and they supposedly had the secrets. Well, they weren't, they weren't living in Tiferet and Shekinah like Moses. They didn't see God face to face. I mean, they saw him, but they didn't recognize him because they didn't know him. If they really believed what, you know, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they believed Moses, that's why Moses would be their judge, then You're they would have the recognized him. You're Israel, and you know not these things? Which means you have all the secrets of Aaron and Moses, and you're not even above yet. Right, so that was the thing that astounded him. They didn't even go up, having known even all the secrets of the oral tradition of Moses. Completely apostate in their zeal for the Bible. And this is what Jesus said to them when they were trying to test him with that question to see if he would answer correctly by saying that she would belong to the first husband. He said, Jesus said to them, Is this not why you are wrong? Because you know neither the scriptures that teach the resurrection, nor the power of God. So they don't know the scriptures of God, they don't know the power of God. But they want to brag and boast on the mysteries of Moses, while using it to test him. Because they were thinking, oh, carnal brain. And their mysteries of Moses got them into Remphon mm-hmm. and Molech. Yeah, in, literally. In seven, it is because written. of an external interpretation. So they were interpreting it as <laughs> a physical the woman. Level of the fallen angels. Right. So the carnal brain, dead letter, interpreted that mystery as oh, if a physical woman marries these seven guys, then in the resurrection, whose wife is she? And they thought they had the super secret answer of she goes back to, you know, to the first husband. Yeah, like right and wrong. Right and wrong, black and white, and they were totally in witchcraft and, you know, unrighteousness and not and even Jesus walking says, in. You're all snakes. <laughs> we told them. You don't know this. He said, you're wrong. You don't know what God said. First of all, you don't even know what God said. They only have it written down. It's a dead letter that kills. It wasn't actually about a physical woman and which man she would marry. And if you talk to most charismatic Christians, they manifest over that uh, scripture about 
Oh, I better find my, I better go find my spouse. I need a spouse because it's my only life to experience it. And it's my idolatry that I, they manifest like crazy. That's why. But what it actually is about, this is Jesus, like you guys don't even know what this is about. It's actually about which sapphire stone of the seven lower sephirot is the Shekinah or the people of God who are who have become cloud riders. Which sapphire stone or rung are they going to be attached to, married to? And there's another mystery there because it's not going to be any of the lower seven, the seven brothers. In the world to come, there's no limitation of the lower seven. They'll no longer be separate from the holy of holies. So there's mysteries there. It's a, it's a higher, it's a higher place. That limitation is broken off. So they were so far off. That's all their understanding was below, which is yeah. in the animal, which was fallen angel. Yeah. So the understanding has to be above in order to be accurate in agreement mm-hmm. with the Father who's above. Right. And I wouldn't have known that either. I just I asked Jesus today to explain that mystery to me so that I could. I wanted to. Well, I that's wanted. That's why you yeah. got to be children because you come out of literally yeah. not knowing anything, and most of the stuff you learn. When you're in the lower world, it all has to burn off of you. It's like yeah. all wrong. That's why you present your bodies as a burnt offering, living in sacrifice, because you are constantly burning away the old and mm-hmm. the wrong and the lies and the religious and the rebellious for God's accurate teaching, living mm-hmm. manna, to take hold of your inner man and train you in the heights. Mm-hmm. So, so these are the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. Jeremiah eleven twenty. O Lord of heaven's armies, you make righteous judgments and you examine the deepest thoughts and secrets. Let me see your vengeance against them, for I have committed my cause to you. Jeremiah 20, verse 12. O Lord of heaven's armies, you test those who are righteous and you examine the deepest thoughts and secrets. Let me see your vengeance against them. Daniel 2.19, that night the answer to the mystery was given to Daniel in a vision. Daniel blessed the God of heaven, Mm. saying, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever. He knows all, does all. He changes the seasons and guides history. He raises up kings and also brings them down. He provides both intelligence and discernment. He opens up the depths, telling secrets, seeing in the dark, Light spills out of him. Daniel 2.19 He tells secrets, he sees in the dark, and light spills out of him. God of all my ancestors, all thanks, all praise, you made me wise and strong, and now you've shown us what we asked for. You've solved the king's mystery. God is going to release secrets to those that are seeking him inside their spirit man. If you desire to have your spirit raised up, it requires a food, which means continuous revelation like rivers pouring out of your inner man because it'll be those mysteries that God sustains the building up of your very spirit man. But if you are sustained on your outer man and your natural man and your own right hand and your own head, you'll never have revelation. You'll never have mysteries. The cost is valuing your spirit more than your flesh. Right. Your eternal man versus your natural temporal man. That's the sacrifice. And when you start to make that sacrifice, everything goes on autopilot. And then mysteries are given to you. To who? 
disciples only. Disciples of what? Their spirit man, mm -hmm. led by the spirit of Jesus. Mm -hmm. But then if you run off like the Pharisees to go and try and find all kinds of resources, you'll find yourselves learning the witchcraft of Azza, uh, Uzzah and Azael, who taught red sorcery to Gotta Balaam. Gotta be disciples of the apostles. Mm -hmm. so Otherwise yes. your knowledge won't even help you, even if you learn it all. It'll curse you. You won't even be a part of the armies advancing the kingdom unless you're with the apostles mm -hmm. that God has sent from his throne. You'll just be hoarding supposed secret knowledge in your brain and thinking yourself better than everyone and not doing anything in the armies of God. Gotta and, get a kingdom mindset for mm -hmm. advancing God the Father's kingdom. Right. The, and I was thinking that too when, when Brandon was talking about that valuing of the inner man, the invisible. That's actually the measurement of your faith. Because to the extent that you value the, your inner man over your outer man that's how much you believe in it that's how much you believe in the invisible god who has regenerated your spirit in his agenda for growing your spirit and for growing the spirits of the believers worldwide so the more that you actually in reality value that over your outer man that's how much you believe what god said that's literally a measurement. It's it's literally that inversely proportioned uh, measurement of outer man versus inner man. And this is what Jesus said to those Pharisees. We just read that section. This is exactly what he said to them. He said, For when they rise from the dead, they do not marry, nor are they given in marriage, but are like angels in heaven. But concerning the raising of the dead... Have you not read in the book of Moses, in the passage about the burning bush, how God spoke to him, saying, I am the God of Abraham, and the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Is he not the God of the dead, but of the living? You are greatly mistaken, and you are deceiving yourselves. Immediately he makes reference to the sapphire stones in the heavenly places. The kingdom of heaven is within you, he said. His correction was references to sapphire stones, which is righteousness. All that Hebrews 11, and it was credited to them as righteousness. Credited to him as righteousness. Who was the father of faith? Abraham. The blessing of Abraham, what was it? Sapphire stones. How do we see that? Look at Jacob. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. When he received the blessing and he went off, then he saw angels ascending and descending on sapphire stones. Your diaphragm is the connection to the cosmic world. That's why it says prophesied to the winds of heaven. Here is a mystery of the kingdom of heaven. Breath is a divine impartation from heaven upon all the earth. God's presence is sovereignly here as breath. You can search the whole cosmos. No one else has breath except earth. Because God is here to redeem through breath and through wind and through ruach. Prophesied to the four winds of heaven to do what? Fill the dead army, which were what? God's people, Israel. The sons and daughters of the living God needed the breath of heaven, needed the Holy Spirit. So right now, during this time, while there's breath in you, God is upon you with breath. It is your chance to connect with God through breath. Breath is 
the omnipresence of God in all the living on the surface of the earth. If you don't have breath, you're just choking. There's no breath or oxygen in hell. God's here, and if you know Him as breath and as wind, that is the opportunity while there's breath in you for repentance. So through that breath, you can connect to the divine above. We just take it for granted. <laughs> just breathing. Yeah. No, that's divine. Understand Ruach or breath is divinity, which means you have tons of divinity. You just have very little faith that that breath is life. It's the breath of life. Why? Because it causes you to live. Now, if you believe, it animates a greater light according to your faith constantly. And it'll be that same breath that you're sucking down into your lungs right now that will raise you up from the dead into heavenly places. What changed? Your faith alone building you up into the perfection of the new covenant. When your faith is perfected, the breath of God has infused your soul and you will never die. God breathed into Adam's nostrils. He became an ever-living being. It was the breath that made him live forever. How did he die? Doubt, unbelief, seared his conscience. Did God change? No. Adam and Eve changed. And now the blood's been spilt to cleanse our conscience from dead works to get back in to the faith of God, which is the Ruach infusing our souls to rise from the dead. Oh, that's so good. I want to give you guys another mystery before we go. Of, uh, you know, the fish. You know, they'll draw, you know, Christians, they would try and find each other by drawing a little fish in the sand. What do they call it? The ichthus or something like that? Um, yeah, yeah, the bumper sticker. The bumper sticker. You know, you know, a little Christian. Or like the Darwin one with the little legs. <laughs> Just like this. False fish. I think that was pretty funny too. Yeah, it's pretty funny. It makes me laugh when I see it. Get up. Well, at least they're not crawling around on their bellies anymore. I think they're... I was offended by that when I was in Team Challenge, though. Right, right. Well, hey. <laughs> well, creatures not crawling on around on our bellies in the dust anymore. Evolve getting connected to Bina above through the Matrix. Hallelujah. <laughs> anyway, that's a different one. But the fish. <laughs> a few lines after what we just read. The scribes, they ask him, uh, which commandment is the first and foremost important of all? Jesus answered the first and most important one is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind, thought, understanding, and with all your strength. This is the second. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Those two. He had mentioned those two. Well, when we talked about the seven books of Torah, there was the five books, right? Genesis, Exodus... Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and we talked about those two hidden books that were symbolized with those inverted none. What does none represent? It represents a fish. Who are those people that knew the mysteries of faith that started the little fish drawing in the sand? That was a symbol, because Jesus, he was that, that the nun, the fish. The fish and the bread that fed how many thousand? The four thousand? You can go in and read and take a look for yourself. He, he is those two books. The living Christ, he became flesh. They said, oh, those... The Lamb's book. The Lamb's book. Yeah, so those two books that are secret 
it says, you know, when it talks about what the Ark was doing. Two different things, the Ark or the Shekinah, the Ark and the Glory were doing. But the placement of the inverted nuns, the scribe said, it, it looks like it means it should be written in another place. That other place was when Jesus Christ incarnated in the flesh, in Mary's womb. And he brought those two books that were not written. It, the grace of Moses was to write the five to get you to the top of Mount Sinai, right? To crucify the animal with Torah. Those other two, he could write about them because he went on to Sapphire Stone. He went, who did he take with him? Joshua, son of Nun. Joshua, Ben of Nun, house of the glory, house of the seed of the word of God on sapphire stones. He was the only one that went as far as Moses. He said, leave the others here, but Moses, you come. And then it says he brought Joshua. Those two, you had two, Joshua and Caleb, that went in the promised land. You had two, you had Joshua and Moses, who went higher on the mountain into the sapphire stones. That's the realm of the word of God, the mysteries. That represents those things that were written in heaven, that were spoken and shared to Moses on top of the mountain, that were brought back and taught. But even those things became a dead letter, as you can see here in Mark 12 that we just read, of the Pharisees trying to test Jesus with those mysteries that they learned that Moses brought down. But they were a dead letter that kills because they were not walking on celestial sapphire stone. But they had hearts of stone. They had uncirc they were circumcised in flesh, but not circumcised of their hearts, of spirit, you know, soul, mind, and body. That was that wasn't a thing. But those two, if you look and you see those two books, when you look at them, they're always in the cloud. They're always in the cloud. And what did Jesus say? That on these two, those final two that add to the five to create the seven books are the pillars of the house of wisdom these are the these these are the two on which all the law and the prophets hinge or hang on or held together by you shall the first book of inverted none of the word the new living torah of jesus christ made flesh crucified to death and raised to life on the third day who ascended above the highest heavens to the place of the mercy seat because he's a merciful God. You shall, he said, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind, thought, understanding, and with all your strength. This is the second. You shall unselfishly love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. And another uh verses in the Bible, you'll see him mention these two things, and he says, on these two hang all the law and the prophets. And you can do, if you want to do a more in-depth study on that, you can take our uh, master class, Training in Righteousness. We go in-depth on those scriptures, uh, so you'll get an even more enriched outlook with more of these mysteries That's and really gemstones added to your spirit. A book of loving spirit. God and a book of loving your neighbor. Those are the these two. These two books, and they're books of the Lamb. And I think it's fascinating, uh, as you were speaking, the Spirit was just showing me scripture to back all this up. Deuteronomy 32 has the song of Moses, but nowhere in the New Testament is there any song written. So in Revelation 15, they're singing the song of Moses, which is the written word below, but they're also singing the song of the Lamb. Mm -hmm. 
which I believe is the Those the books that we're learning books. above. Yep. <laughs> Amen. Above and below, because the seed, the inheritance of Abraham was about stars and sands. And when the Lord had me uh, shown this vision to defend the, the inheritance, of the, lamb. the Torah of the Lamb, yeah. Uh, when he took me into that um, experience recently to show me the things that are worth fighting for, uh, for your eyes' inheritance, the inheritance of the sons of God, he showed me both sands and stars. The greatest was the stars and the things above, but there, there were sands and stars. But it's the promise of Abraham. Inheritance in new heavens and inheritance in new earth <laughs> through the teachings of rabbis. Moses and the Lamb and the Apostles of the Lamb. And it's going to get rich and juicy. Amen. And I want to ask you guys a favor, my prophetic friends or prophetically inclined friends, or you just in the glory. If you happen to see or hear any signs, wonders, or strange things about, this is a weird topic, Pokemon or legendary Pokemon, please share them in the RLM group. If you've been seeing things like that, please post it. Thank you. Very important. Very important. It's high on my to-do list. Okay. Rebecca loves Pokemon signs and wonders. I, yeah. There's there some really weird, deep mysteries the Spirit's <laughs> trying to talk to me about, and I, I'm i waiting for you guys to share them. If you're getting them, help me out, okay? Help me uncover these mysteries. If right. I do, uh, it, if, it, if it comes up and it happens, I'll we'll share it on here. So, Okay. Amen. Bless you guys. If you'd like to support this ministry... You can give an offering, click the links in the description. <laughs> Be blessed as you give. Good measure, pressed down, running over. For God loves the cheerful givers. Amen. Amen. We'll see you guys tomorrow. You can become a legendary Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs>